welcome back to Jade Carpod. I'm Jenna, and welcome back. Week three of our current season of Golden Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. I honestly feel like I'm living like a fucking fever dream. It's <laughs> goddamn fandom franchise hellscape, you know, existence. Uh, in the fact that I'm just like it's such. I am experiencing such just like highs and such lows within my consumption of these shows. And I've truly kind of never felt like this before. And I'm wondering if anyone else is feeling similar, similarly, uh, as I am with just like living golden bachelor riveted, like I'm not on my phone. And then with Paradise, I am so checked out. It's, and it's like, <laughs> and I'm trying to give myself grace, you know, like, oh, remember when we used to use the word grace all the time in Bachelor Nation? I'm trying to give myself grace and I'm still in that process, but at the same time, I like, it, it sometimes makes me feel bad. Like, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm doing something wrong and not the franchise that's doing something wrong, you know, or like just like a world that's in a <laughs> state of like really intense, like chaos. And it's like, it, it's just making me sad because like, these are the shows that I go to, to like check out in a lot of ways and to, to decompress my brain. And yet here we are where I'm like, what I I'm on my phone doom scrolling, you know? Okay, sorry about that. I had to close my door. I had left it open. Anyway, I don't need my roommate to bar- barge in and start talking to me. Sometimes you guys have heard that on the podcast. She'll be like, hey, Jenna, blah, 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 blah. Ask me some question and she doesn't realize I'm like podcasting. Um, I should ask her if she can hear me, like how much she can hear me when I am podcasting in her room. Uh, <laughs> is it just like this, you know, 40 minutes of this loud talking? Um, anyway. So, hi, as you probably could tell by this point into the podcast, I am alone this week. Uh, <laughs> I was going to be like, I'm alone every week, like in my heart, right? In my soul. But no, I am alone this week. I had a lovely guest scheduled for today that I am rescheduling with and she'll be on a future podcast. She's a queer TikToker who... Uh, does like content creation and she did this really great series. Her name is Sarah Copeland, I believe is her last name. And she did a really great series in the summertime where she (laughs) used AI, which I'm not in support of like AI as a whole, but she used AI to, uh, change all the men in charity season into women in honor of like the queer ultimatum and just like, Oh, in honor of being gay. And it was so fucking funny and so good. And like the AI actually like did a really good job at turning these people into women. If I remember quickly, just off the top of my head, the Brayden, the female Brayden was like so hot, but also like, you're like, Oh, she's going to like light my house on fire when we break up kind of shit. It's, it was so good. So I'm really excited to talk to her in the future. We're going to do like probably like a bonus episode where we just like talk about queer bachelor nation stuff, talk about paradise. She loves paradise. Talk about old bachelor dramas because she is part of bachelor nation has been for quite a while. So 
We ended up not being able to record today for various reasons of, like, work schedule stuff. She had to travel for work last minute. And then I am going to see Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour movie, <laughs> tonight in, like, uh, leaving in, like, an hour and a half from now. And I, so, like, the schedule just got really, really tight. So we were like, let's just do it when we both have time to really, like, get into it, right? Um, so I look forward to that, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it alone. Cause you know, I just want to, I just wanted to talk to you guys. I feel like I've been really disconnected, uh, from the social media of it all lately because it has been so, it hasn't been as fun as I like, like it to be, <laughs> uh, in regards to Bachelor Nation specifically, I'm not talking about like the world at large. Like I don't like seek out my entire, all the stuff in the world that does be like happy go lucky or whatever. But I typically really find a lot of like joy in making memes and like having bachelor discourse and doing all those things. But it's just been like a tiring couple weeks. Like the Clayton stuff was really disheartening. Like, to be honest, it was really like heavy and weird. And it made me feel a lot of, like, I had to do a lot of, like, critical thinking in my head and, like, thinking myself. And I just exhausted me, you know? Like, I didn't, like, I didn't, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just being completely transparent. Like, I didn't like having to, like, reconsider my, like, uh, stance on a man that I, like, don't like. Like, that's not a, that's not a secret, right? And... And then, like, you know, days before that, it was, like, the Michael A. and Danielle stuff and, like, constant bad takes from, I, I just, oh, my God. And I, it just made, it was really just, like, a lot. And then I've, you add in the fact that also what I really loved about a Monday schedule recording on Tuesday, dropping Wednesday is that it just feels so much more natural to me to like do that workflow and the Friday, Thursday, Friday, and then I guess Saturday is really cramping my style. Like it, it and I knew it would y'all who've been listening knew it from the fucking second we found that out. I was like having an existential crisis and it's all coming true. And maybe that's like, I'm manifesting a negativity. And if that's the case, that sucks. And I need to like, keep going to therapy not like I was going to stop anyway, but it just, uh, it just sucks. It like sucks that it has manifested to where I'm just like, oh God, I have to like plan my Fridays in such a specific way now. Where like today, like I said, like I have all these like plans I want to do, but you know, and then I also like finding guests is harder, you know, like people I've asked some people and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I asked Olivia to be on this week and she's like, oh, I've. I'm in LA seeing Muna. And I'm like, well, of course you are. Because you're a wonderful gay person who I love dearly. So it's just, uh, it's annoying, but it's only, it's, it's temporary. Life is temporary. It's fleeting in this moment. So I'm going to get through it. I just, I wanted to be transparent about my mood, but what is me, that's what's making me sad. And that goes back to like my, what I said a couple of minutes ago was like, I just like, I, I feel sometimes like guilty uh, to myself for not enjoying the things I like to enjoy. And I think that is a sign of <laughs> depression, which I mentioned on Instagram this week that, you know, I think I'm feeling the signs of, um, you know, seasonal affective disorder or depression. And, uh, 
yeah, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a good time. You know, recently my therapist and I, we, we like updated my like diagnoses and, uh, they're all exactly what they should be. But, um, I was just like, yeah, I just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling definitely, I'm feeling like a 38 year old who (laughs) is trying to just like get through it, you know, but before we get into it, I did want to talk about Taylor Swift again really quick. Remember that? Remember a couple of months ago when, like, all I could do was talk about Like, every guest, I was like, the first 10 minutes, I was like, we got to talk about Taylor. And then actually last week, I talked about Taylor with Samantha for, like, probably 20 minutes of the podcast. So that was, so it's not like it's, not like that's an old habit that hasn't been around for a while. But I feel like in general, I haven't been talking about her as much. I'm just... So excited to go to this movie tonight because I've already cried about it a couple times already. Like just seeing, I'll like, I'll watch like a trailer and I'll start crying. I'll like, so this morning I put on the Spotify playlist of like the tour set list and I just like started crying and I am just so excited to see. I do have to drive to Vancouver to go see it, which Vancouver, Washington, which is across uh, like a river here in Portland. We border up against Washington, but it's still like gonna be like a good 15 20 minute drive and then also like vancouver is like not that cool there's like nothing around or anything and but i i just want to give you as a peek into my the the swifty insanity that i am experiencing the morning she decided to announce this like out of the blue out of the blue to me maybe people who are smarter than me were probably like yeah of course taylor well okay i will say that we all knew she was obviously going to release a movie because she had filmed it in LA, but I just like didn't see it coming when like we woke up and she just made this post and it was the vaguest post ever. It's like, uh, come to the movies, go into AMC. I'm doing with AMC and like get tickets while they last and come scream and sing and have fun and exchange bracelets. I was in bed, woke up at like six o'clock in the morning, just opened my phone, saw it. And then I just clicked the link and just within like five minutes, I had two tickets to a screening at 7 p.m. tonight in Vancouver, which is the closest AMC theater. Thinking, and what I'll tell you, what, I was thinking it was only going to be like one night only or for the weekend only for some reason. Come to find out, of course, why would I think that? Of course, it's going to go on for like, some people are saying 13 weeks long, probably that's going to just be like out in theaters. It's going to be out in theaters for a while. And it is, and it's so like, I didn't need to like rush to buy tickets night one. Although I'm excited to go to night one. But then also I find out if you just scroll down a little bit further, she had other theaters that are showing it. Um, maybe not in everyone's areas, but in Portland, at least there is another theater company called Regal Theater. I mean, they're nationwide and Regal is showing it. So I could have actually stayed in Portland and I could have gone to the theater that's literally like five minutes from me. Uh, and but whatever. I also bought a ticket for my best friend. I texted them immediately after and I was like, hey, it was pretty funny like text exchange where I just like literally it's like 605 and I just texted them. And I was like, I got us Taylor Swift movie tickets. And they woke up because they didn't work that day and they were like, what are you talking about? Because they hadn't been online yet. And I was like, babes go online <laughs> like I got us tickets and then they're like oh what day and I was like the 13th and they're like oh I'm in New York City so anyway I can't even go with my best friend which is who I went with to see the concert 
live. And anyway, so that's kind of sad, but I'm really excited to go with a friend, Katie, that I have made recently. It's just, it was just like so silly. Although Blue and I are going to go again next week. LOL. So, okay. Now that I've talked about Taylor for a while, I'm just really excited. I'm loving it. What do, what do I think about the football man? Is that what you guys are thinking? Well, <laughs> I think, I think, gosh, it's hard. Okay. I think my official stance is that they are probably like fucking and that, of course, both of them are going to use the obvious public engagement to further both of their agendas. There is a part of me that thinks it's, like, could be fake, but not to beard for, like, gayness, but rather to beard for this meta 1980, sorry, 1989 experience that she's creating that's going to overexpose her and then create a meta reputation era for Reputation TV. A lot of my friends do not like this opinion. <laughs> and they think I am losing it. But they don't understand Jayanon. They don't understand the intricacies of my brain. And I've been thinking this for six months or longer. She has been making these... She's recreating these little eras. And it's just... It's just mm. And I personally think she is trying to protect these... Pre, these these exes of the past, right? She did not want people going for John Mayer because John Mayer would expose her. So she brought in Taylor Lautner. It worked like a charm. No one talked about John Mayer after the album came out, after Speak Down Taylor's version. They talked about it before, but after that, they were completely sidelined by Taylor Lautner. I think she was starting to date Maddie Healy because Maddie Healy was going to be the the relationship through in 1989 because that would line up time-wise-wise. Like, um recreation of the eras but that blew up in her face so she had to scrap that and now she's dating this other guy and I think it almost works better in the sense that it is giving her like this she dates around um energy that people love to hate her for that's gonna help create this like overexposed 1989 aspect but she redid it and whatever and uh I think it's going to very beautifully distract from the fact that people like to associate 1989 with Harry Styles. And why I think she wants people to ignore Harry Styles is not because he is, like, this kind of person who's like John Mayer, who would, like, like, who's inherently, A, like, a piece of shit, because Harry Styles Styles is not that, is that he's very gay. (laughs) And... They, I just don't think he and Taylor want that heat right now. And in the sense, what I mean is anyone with five minutes in the current world, like our current understanding of pop culture and PR and everything would look at the Harry Styles, Haler timeline and be like, oh my God, this is so obviously fake. And that was such a fake relationship. And why was it? And honestly, it could also just be because they were two very famous budding pop stars. She needed a pop album, blah, blah, blah. Like, it might not even needed to have been anything bearding-wise. It was just, like, convenience and, like, 
intentional to make like both of them a shit ton of money and it worked like a fucking charm and but i don't think that either team wants it to be like extra exposed that they both lied and like faked that because i just think it doesn't add to like it just doesn't make it doesn't sell you know and i think if she's going to distract the public then people aren't going to look really too deep into like the songs that are attributed to harry and instead they're going to be like oh it's kind of like her and travis oh my god and then also most people also have come to the understanding that most in 1989 like the um kind of breaking up songs of 1989 are about diana agron and so like like wonderland and stay and clean and uh a couple other songs i know places out of the woods oh my god and you just i don't think she really even like she doesn't mind that but it's like you know let's just have let's have a lot of narratives in the pot right now right it benefits everybody so i also definitely think it's possible that she's like dating this man because i do think that she's bisexual and or just fluid rather and, you know, maybe she's just likes getting her back broke by this big football man. I don't really know. Uh, he seems fine for a football man. Uh, at least he's pro-vaccine. There's that. He doesn't seem to be outwardly horrific. I asked my boss, one of my bosses, right away. I was just like, oh, is he the kind of football player who's abusive to his, you know, partners? And my boss is like, no, I don't think so. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you know. Could be worse, I guess. Um, okay, let's get to The Bachelor. I, f I really felt like I just literally was talking about Taylor for so long. So sorry. So, Golden Bachelor. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Stuff's, stuff, the drama's coming now. And I am here for it. Week three, we uh, get a cold open of Gary crying on the steps. And I was like, who hurt my man? I'm going to. No, but I was like, okay, what's happening here? And I, my initial thought was like, oh, it'll be like, um, a scene where he's crying about Tony, like something came up and it's reminding him about the struggles he, or, you know, the sadness that he has with Tony. Cause I think that we'll probably get that later on in the season where he's obviously in, in general, pretty like adjusted and moved on, not moved on, but like ready to date, et cetera. After like six, I think years. But I think that we are going to get a big scene later on in the season where he struggles with, like, proposing to another person, considering, you know, his first and only other proposal was to Tony, like, 40 years ago. Similarly to the woman last week who was, like, had a hard time wearing the wedding dress, because it reminded her the last time, the first and only time she wore a wedding dress. And I'm like, I really feel like if Gary gets to the point where he's going to propose that that is going to be another, that's going to be a similar storyline. And I get it. Like, especially in that regards, like I am not one in this show to be like super caught up on the idea that somebody took your first engagement, you know, like uh, famously MAGA Ann was like, Peter took my first engagement, like my first proposal. He took that proposal. I'll never get my, you know, the one in first proposal ever again. Uh, and I don't really care because I think the whole institution is trash, but I understand in this regard, uh, considering like you proposed and then you were married to somebody for like 40 years and like, and they died. It's like, it's a little different, I would say. So there's that. 
So we find out pretty quickly the women are all having such a great time together. Still, they're like doing each other's hair, having a good time. And they find out from Jesse that it's going to be excited. They're going to do a big group date and then they're going to do a one-on-one date. And mind you, we only have 12 people left. There's It's three weeks in, but we also started with 22 people. I like this. This is how it should be done. This is how it should be done. And it should be an hour long for all seasons. <laughs> it's so fucking phenomenal. And like, I feel like I know these women so much more. There are things where I like wish we had like a little bit more information, right? At times. But I like with this, with this one-on-one date with, uh, fuck, what's her name? Uh, Nancy, maybe Peggy. One of the blondes. Anyway, we find out she's a divorcee, divorcee rather, and there's like, I think like a couple divorcees, although who knows if they've already been sent home, but this is the first time we actually like experience hearing about it and they do not tell us anything about it. And in cases like that, I'm like, okay, we could tack on an extra 15 minutes to the show (laughs) if it means I get to find out how Nancy Peggy divorced her husband. Like, I need to know. Okay. So, but anyway, uh, we find out that it's going to be an entire house group date, which is, I mean, for somebody who's just like been watching the show forever, that was so funny to me. I just, yes, let's put it all on because they have such a small amount of people. Yes, yes, yes. But in some ways, it does. They they might be shooting themselves in the foot a little bit because they're not inherently creating that like uh, interpersonal conflict that the women or anyone really gets when they don't get chosen for a group date, et cetera, et cetera. So like, you know, it takes some, you lose some, I guess. So they are gonna do a fashion show. No, sorry, a talent show. And I love these types of dates. I do not like the singing dates. I do not like the joke telling dates. I do not like the poem telling dates. But I like a talent show. Of course, women chose to do all of those things. Telling jokes, writing a poem, singing a song, doing a dance. As their talents, which is, you know, to be expected. But it's I like it when they have a little bit more autonomy over, like, what specific thing they are going to do for the show. So... I was very, I was much more into it. We get Caitlin Bristow as a guest host, celebrity guest host. Again, I guess also more time would have allowed us more time with Caitlin in this space. And I would have loved to have more, I would have loved to have like a, like an ITM of sorts with Caitlin where she could like talk about some of the women or talk to Gary and they could have some kind of raunchy bit, right? Where she's going to be like, Oh my god, Gary. So, like, are you going to be doing fantasy suites? And then he could have been like, well, yeah, like, I'm thinking I am. And she's like, listen, as one slut to another, do not make the same mistake I did. And then she could, like, tell him about, like, her time on her season when she fucked Nick and, like, the whole house hated her and all the shit. The whole world. Um, Like, do you see what I'm saying? That would have been so good. So, at times, I'm like, you guys are... mm." But anyway, the women do the various things, uh, and it's fun. There were, <laughs> um, I didn't see who it was, but one of the women has, like, some whipped cream on their hand, and then they, like, 
pop their arm up to like flip the whipped cream in the, in the air and then catch it in their mouth. So funny. Like, it's so funny that like a 60 plus 60 year old <laughs> on television. I gotta find out who that was and see if they posted that clip because I don't want to know if like their friends and family are just like, oh yeah, that's our that's our Ellen or whatever her name is. Uh, love it. Leslie the dancer does a big dance routine and that's kind of like their her character is interesting to me. They are definitely giving her so much screen time in various different ways and I cannot decide if it's like uh just a casual extra screen time because she kind of has like some good sound bites and she seems like compelling and like genuine enough but also like a little sassy and she seems so like bachelor coded you know like I think I said this in the bio episode like she could she could have already been a bachelorette like she looks like an older bachelorette like she looks like a Jojo who was already on the show years ago uh and so there's that or if they're giving her less screen time because like Jerry really likes her which I think he does and then or if they're gonna try to make her like the senior bachelorette and it's fine but there's something about it I just don't vibe with and I think like last week I was I was starting to see like I think she's a little 4TWR a little wrong reasons action and not like in an evil way but I do think she wants uh, social media attention, which is fine because so do I. Uh, and I am curious to see how that all plays out though. She did this little like sexy dance routine and was all cocky about it, how it was obviously going to work. And then when it, she didn't get the additional nighttime date, she was just like, oh no, now I feel like shit. I hope Gary knows I'm not just like a, a hottie with a body that can't stop. And I'm like, girl, I don't think Gary is thinking about any of this, <laughs> but I get it. And I respect the, the insecurity. Not, I don't respect, I just, I get it rather, you know, it's like relatable. Uh, what's her face? Joan, who also looks like she could be a bachelorette, is hecka nervous because she doesn't have any talents. And I, you know, I gotta say, I love a white woman just acknowledging their mediocrity. Like, that's so good. Like, amen to that. Yeah, you have nothing. You, you're, you're, <laughs> go Joan, give us nothing. I respect it. But she knows it. But she does a cute little poem. It is actually really cute. It kind of almost makes me cry because it's just, like, really endearing. Clearly, she wrote it herself and all about, like, the first night that she met Gary the women look like they're going to cry. <laughs> it's really cute. And then, so she wins the, the group date and she gets this, uh, like an ex, uh, extra special time with him. And they bring them to a antique vintage store with price tags and all, all over the junk in there. It's very fucking funny. I was dying. It <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, it's so great. It did not look gorgeous. It was trash, utter trash. But you gotta respect. Um, they talk at each other. I don't feel the vibes completely with them. But I don't not. It's just hard. The, the, my, what, the issue I am running into with Gary 
is that I think he's just too lovely, right? And I think he really engages with people, which is something I relate to. But he just seems like he, every time he's talking to one of these women, it's like, he is like breathing air for the first time, you know? Like he's giving off this energy. He's so engaged and so interested. And he tells her at one point, he's like, you were the person I was the most excited to hang out with, like, at all on the show. And I was like, what? Where did that come from? Like, what? <laughs> you didn't even give her your first impression, Rose, you know? Uh, and it's whatever. It's sweet. Uh, her husband died also a couple years ago, and they they relate to that. And then... Oh, I'm so sorry. I, they, she tells a story about how her daughter recently, like 15 days ago to the crow's nest, like they literally was probably delivering the day they left to come to the mansion, uh, delivered a baby and it was, uh, a rough ride. The, the pregnancy delivery and the baby, uh, were not well. Um, and so she was feeling really guilty for even going on the show but she really wanted to commit to like doing something for herself which I think is really admirable blah 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 next day we find out we get a call she gets a call from her daughter and I guess shit's bad so she's like I gotta go be with my daughter because I really do need to help her with her, her newborn kid we don't of course know any of the actual goss she posted on Instagram that, like, her grandchild is fine, which is good. Happy to hear that. Uh, but we don't know all the details, which is totally fine. I wonder if we'll get more later. But she has to tell Gary that she's gonna leave. And it was a really kind of hard and endearing scene. Of course, this is what leads to him crying on the steps, as foretold earlier. But it's like, I don't know. It's very, it's like almost a little suspicious. You know what I'm saying? a little like Jane on corner for a second I felt it and I felt the authenticity authenticity at the time but with more time I'm like that's so convenient that <laughs> she got that text from her daughter the next morning like interesting and it would behoove the viewers on the show to see Gary go through something like this because it really made him look good so I think and it, like, reduces the amount of people in the house, which is always a good thing. And, you know, at the time, I was also like, is she going to come back? Like, once her daughter is, like, more stabilized? And I'm not sure that's not entirely not going to happen. Like, to me, that would be a pretty... That would make... That would make for good TV if she comes back. So... Like, you know, in a couple weeks. Oh, man, that would really do some upsetting. That would fucking really... Because he acted as if he was, like, genuine. Like, to the point... There was a point almost in his emotions that I was like, oh, is he going to end the show for Joan? But that seems weird because, like, I don't think they all like that well. Like, you know, the sparks were, like, that perfect. But, like they could have been hiding that edit, right? And what if she was the one? Uh, but anyway, we'll see. Time will tell. So there's this drama brewing. Uh, okay. Or, well, okay. What, uh, 
Nancy Peggy, I cannot remember her name, is the one-on-one. They, what do they do? Oh, he does a, he does like a pretty woman date for them. She gets to choose a bunch of a dress out of a, a selection of uh, Christian. No, I don't remember the name. Uh, all I know, they are Carrie Fentman dresses and she picks the dress they go and have a beautiful picnic and that's where we find out she uh divorced her husband of 20 years at some point in her life she said that she he Eric like when did you meet him or how did you meet him she's like we met at a camp when we were 10 and i was like hold up this sounds like a crime <laughs> Getting married at 10? Like, what's going on? But I think she just meant, like, they met and then, like, that's how it started. But I was like, that's suspicious. I have mental illness. Anyway, she didn't tell us why they divorced and that was annoying. But he was like, let's go do this other part of the date. And they go to a hot air balloon that they keep tethered the entire time. Because they're like, we almost killed Rachel Coconnell that one time. We're not going to do that with either of these old people. So they kept the thing tethered, but he's like, <laughs> Gary's like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, hey, Nancy, Peggy, uh, you ever been, you ever been kissed at a hundred feet? <laughs> just like, no. And they, they make out. And I just love that. Like, I love the idea of him being like Ari or Peter or even Clayton. He's like, hey. Clayton's like, hey, do you want a raw dog and, like, have a baby at 100 feet? Haha, <laughs> a kid. He's not going to be a father, everybody. The results are in. I'm Murray. You are not the father. Uh, Update on that. Apparently yesterday or the day before, the lady was supposed to do a secondary, like, um, DNA drop. And she didn't do it, so. Yeah, I hate to say it. We are dealing with a class A unwell person, which I am really sad about, to be honest. I really hope that she gets help that she really needs. Because it is dark that she has done a similar fraudulent harassment tactic with two other men prior to Clayton. Um, and it's just really disturbing. And I don't think she thought she would get exposed, um, which is people are kind of like, what did she expect? But like, I just keep telling people, I'm like, I think if you're just like really that unwell, you are clearly not thinking rational. Like, why would she do that? What was her game plan? If you're not actually pregnant, like what would it, whatever. I'm like, you're, we are asking the wrong questions. The question should be, how can we get this woman help? Because if you're at that kind of level, if you're the person who's going to fake ultrasounds and fake things in order to like insert somebody into a relationship, you are not thinking rationally. You're not like, oh, well, what will happen eventually when I'm not pregnant? And the person finds that out. Like, that's not how they're like going to be thinking about it. They're going to be thinking about it more in a way of like, how can I, uh, how can I, uh, I, it's dark. I don't want to get into it. This is a happy podcast. <laughs> I did not. It's just it's dark shit. So anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Okay. So 
the drama, okay? The drama that's boiling down. Teresa. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teresa, who was his one-on-one date last week, the first one-on-one date of the season, and Kathy. She, they're all just talking, and Kathy, so Kathy is a little, she's a troublemaker, and I love her for it. That's why they kept her, let's be honest. She is, she's, she's just, she ain't gonna take shit from anybody, and she, she thinks, how do I, how do we describe how Kathy is? She is that type of woman you meet, or person, who's just, knows everything, and knows how to, like, control, I think she's a director or something, so it's like, Connie was actually texting me if, like, is, are they the one that is, uh, worked for, like, a really racist school, and I think she is the one, so, like, it all kind of tracks, and at one point she was, like, to Gary, she's like, uh, my dad really taught me about hard work and being a good person, and it, for some reason, it felt like a dog whistle to me. I know that's a little weird to say, because... We should work hard and be good people, but, like, there's something about it when, like, an older white person says that, that I'm just like, that's some boomer privileged energy that I do not feel super comfortable with. The long and short of it is that Kathy feels, uh, not, like, she's, it's an insecurity. She doesn't, she knows she's not gonna win. Let's be real. So she thinks other women are now going to be rubbing it in her face that she doesn't have as good a connection with Gary. And, but she's also the kind of insecure person who's really tries to then like cover that up with like a a lot of uh, confidence. A lot of her items are like, he's picking me. We're going to get married. We're going to have a happy life forever. And it's like, can you, is the happy life forever in the room with us? And she is affronted by Teresa's confidence in her relationship with Gary slash her just like oversharing about their connection. And I want to sit Kathy down and be like, honey, one, this is just how the show and how the dynamics work in the house on this type of show, on any reality show, really, where there's a competition element to like the dating. Two, it is not nearly as bad as it can be, like literally shrimp and like victoria queen victoria like literally many other high level cunts before us have you know i'm putting in air quotes <laughs> you know have become an expert at the overshare concept to make other people jealous in the house like listen kathy you are experiencing nothing compared to what it could be And apparently when you kind of look at it and you read the room and you hear Kathy come out of her own words that Teresa didn't even fucking say anything. She just like didn't like specifically say anything to Kathy to actively be like to undermine her. She just was like him and I have this great like she just shared about their date and then she was like oh well I'm gonna go home. And at one point, another time, she says, like, oh, I feel like I might go home tonight. And Teresa and, like, another woman are like, no, no, no. Like, you're totally fine. And she was like, 
And Kathy's like, well, I felt like she was really saying it with her eyes that she, that it's obvious that I am going to go home. I'm like, girl, that's on you. That's projection. And maybe it's true, because, listen, I'm saying it's true, but <laughs> you, that is a little projection. Anyway, she tells Gary about it. He's all, like, sad. And he does the wildest shit ever. He goes and gets a rose and gives it to her, which is so, like, unlike what you're supposed to do. <laughs> There's no rules, but it's just, like, wild that he praised her for that, for that tattle. And it, that's, you know, that is something we've not really seen in the show. I think Peter did it once to Kelsey on his season, but... I can't quite remember. Like, yeah, he, like, went to her... Yeah, he went to her room and gave her a rose because he felt like she was being bullied. And then when she came to the other woman with a rose already, they were like, what? It's not even a cocktail rose party tonight. Like, it's insane. So, they're like, what the fuck, Kathy? And she's like, ha ha ha. Oh, I've had a really rough... But, you know, he felt bad because I had a really rough day today. And then Teresa's like, listen, bitch, let's go talk. So she's like, can we go talk anyway? She's, Teresa lays in, sorry, Kathy lays into her and is like, you made me feel all these ways. And poor Teresa's like, what? I feel so bad. She was crying. I didn't mean to. Whether she did or not, it's like, she's really trying to at least do what, she, what is like the good and right thing to do by apologizing and like trying to whatever. And Kathy's not having it. She's being so cunty. She's just like, she's like, stop crying. You need to hear me out. (laughs) You made me feel this way and you need to stop. It is inappropriate. And Teresa's like, what the fuck? And she's like apologizing. And she's like, uh, what did she say? She, she was like, more or less she was like, it's not good enough. Like it's, nah, it's, it's whatever. It's too late, essentially. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Kathy, that is so, that's what I'm saying. Like these, these women, a lot of them are moms and they know how to cut you down and make you feel so like small for doing the right thing. And I was like, this is the beginning. This is exactly what I've been saying. She was being so mean. And then, so, Teresa cries a bunch, and then Gary finds her and is like, let me make you feel better. And she exposes what happened, and, okay, so, she actually, she's just, like, some people are saying that I'm, I'm gloating about our connection. And then ITM, he's like, oh, I cannot believe it was Teresa. And I was like, I love how smart he is. <laughs> I just love how, you didn't even have to, like, <laughs> Oh, by the way, he tried to ask Kathy earlier who it was, and she wouldn't tell him, which I thought was so great, but she tried to do a hint, and I thought this was so older older lady smart. She was like, I will just say people who give you early impressions or early something, you shouldn't always, like, trust. And she was trying to insinuate the first date, which was Teresa. It was very smart. If Gary was if Gary was paying attention, he would have figured it out from that. Then he's like, "Don't worry about it. You're super sweet, Teresa. Just get over it. It'll be fine." Which was kind of weird. He was like, "Just forget about it." And I was like, "That's not how that works, Gary. Not no no no. That's not how that works." <laughs> anyway. 
Oh, so, yeah, so we have the rose ceremony. <laughs> and he gives Teresa a rose, which she was nervous about, but she gives one. He gives everyone a rose except for a woman named Edith. Gorgeous, white hair, silver hair girl. Uh, shocked by that. Kind of thought she'd be around longer. Maybe even the next Bachelorette. And then... Some other woman who I it's so funny. Like I always say about this about the men where I'm just like, I've never seen this person in my life. Whoever this other woman was, I had never seen her in my life. I was like, I don't think that I she she just came here for tonight, didn't she? One of the other women. But our faves, Sandra, Susan, Faith, um uh Ellen. They're all they're all safe. Uh, Teresa, yeah. Anyway, they so they're standing as they're getting ready. <laughs> okay, now this was fucking so funny. So we get this like mic. They're all standing as like, Gary saying goodbye to the women he sent home, and it goes back to Kathy and Teresa standing next to each other, and they're trying to be sweet to each other because they're all very sweet still. Teresa and Teresa's like, "How was your night?" She was like. Um, she was like, taken back by it. She was like, uh, it's fine. I mean, I did cry a lot, but like, it's fine. I'm here still. And Gary was so sweet. I just, you know, I gotta say, Gary is just the sweetest. And Trace was like, yeah, he is so sweet. He saw me crying and he came into my room and sat with me on my bed to make me feel better. And Kathy's like, what? He went into your room? Dude. And then she was like, don't tell me this. This is what I am saying to you. Stop this kind of shit. And it was pretty funny because I, I even myself, I was like, oh, Teresa, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is ex like, this is exactly the kind of overshare. But then I, oh God. Kathy's like, I don't know if she's dumb or if she's a mastermind. And it's like, that's the same thought I have every day about myself, you know? So, jury's out, but it was uh, still very enjoyable and very funny, and I think it's only going to get more juicy and more crazy, and I think there's going to be weird alliances within the house that we are not going to expect. I cannot wait to see it. I cannot wait to see it. Next week, we do have our sports. It's coming. Pickleball, of course. I don't know why I didn't think of that first. I might have said it at one point, but, like, of course the sports thing is going to be pickleball. Uh, still nervous. It looks like somebody does fall. Okay, paradise. I'm really gonna... Okay, so listen. So, so we get teased that there's gonna be this big poop baby storyline, right? Which y'all know I love talking about shits. So we'll talk about shits for a second. But so there's gonna be this big, like, tease about, like, uh, Sam can't poop. Um, Sam can't poop. Which is an homage to Taj can't pee and Taj can't poop. Uh, and they... I was like, you know what? I have to take a shit right now. So I left my TV going. I have the ability to hit pause on YouTube TV live and rewind and stuff like that. I just let it run. I let, I let it go. I went upstairs and took like a long shit. I like, I was on the toilet for a while. I was scrolling. I was watching TikToks. I was, oh, I thought that was thunder. It's just a trash can. <laughs> I took a nice leisurely poop in honor of Samantha, came back down, 
I, like, by the time I was, like, done, like, futzing around, I was not on the toilet for 19 minutes, but 19 minutes had passed. <laughs> and I came down. And I was like, I could roll it back. I'm just gonna, like, go. I So I don't know what happened for the first, like, 20 minutes of the show. Because I was taking a shit. And, which, by the way, my poops have been okay. After COVID, they were really bad for a while. Like, I had, like, a good amount of constipation after COVID that I could just, like, not regulate. Um, I think my, like, gut health was all off in a way. And I say that with, like, a big eye roll because I don't like the gut health conversations. Fat phobic a lot of times. But my gut was off, I guess, because I was having to take so many, like fiber pills and I just had to increase my fiber like a lot in my and just like probiotics eventually uh because I just like couldn't go that regularly and it was like really uh hard basically um and it sucked uh it sucked a lot and I so I cannot imagine having to not having to go and not being able to go for nine days that would be hell. And it's not good for you. Like, I used to work in a hospital that dealt with um, people who gave birth. And we would give them stool softeners with the prescriptions. Like, you go home from the hospital after giving birth. They send you home with, a cu- like, a, a round of, like, pain meds. But, like, just, like, a short dose. And then uh, a stool softener. And so many of these patients would be like, oh, I won't need that. I'm regular. And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. After you have an intense, like, trauma to your body, a lot of times you will have constipation issues. So just take them. <laughs> you know, like, you're gonna think us later. So it's, apparently they were giving Sam fiber and, like, stool softener and other things, I would be so curious to know what they did give her and if they were kind of giving it to her too late, which is like, you know, it, that's just what would happen. I'm not blaming anyone. I mean, if anything, like if Sam wasn't really telling anyone right away and then by the time it got to like four days or five days and then she's like, oh shit, I need some stool softeners. I need some things. It's like, yikes. And But nothing was working. She had to have the doctor come and talk to her about it. And he was hot. His poop doctor was hot. And he gave her the rundown about how they're going to have to deliver a poop baby, like, in a little bit of a surgical manner. They'll, like, have to, like, knock her out, do some kind of surgical or, like, non-surgical, but, like, medical intervention to get this out if she doesn't get it out by the next morning. And he's, like, ways you can, like, you know, get out is, like, certain diet stuff, more stool softener, and even some digital simulation, stimulation. It's, like... Did anyone say finger blast? <laughs> Is anyone hit? Did I just hear finger blasting? Is that what we're calling it now? Is that the medical term? She was not into it. Uh, which, understandably, you are, like, severely constipated. I get that. So then, uh, yeah, the, ru- the run of the rest of the drama is kind of the same old things we've been building up to. Is There's, like, a lot of little love triangles happening here and there. A new guy comes down. Oh no, my woman's token. Another new guy comes down. Oh no, my woman's token. So it was like Kylie and Mercedes. And yeah, are, are both being taken by 
Newman, Tyler, and Tanner. Oh, Kat. Sorry, Kat's another woman that's being taken from Brayden, which, like, good. You, you heard me right. Good. Brayden doesn't deserve it. <laughs> um, but I guess that the cat stuff was a little... It was a little entertaining because she was just being, like, really bold and saying, like, I'm not going to leave you. And then she, like, immediately left for mm, Tanner, I guess. Tall white man who looks like the other tall white Tanner we've had before from Hannah Brown season. This is not that Tanner. And they... Go on a date. It's like watching paint dry. It's like watching poop be delivered. It's, well, that would be actually kind of entertaining, I guess, but no substance. Kiss, kiss. No substance. And then Brayden's like, Robot heard about it. And all the men come together to like have a kumbaya about it. And they're like, bro. And then he's like, bro. And then the other guy's like, no, bro. Like, bro. And then they're like, bro. No, bro. Bro. Oh, bro. Bro. And then Brayden's like, bro. And then Will is like, bro. I think she used you for a rose. <laughs> and Brayden's like, yeah, I think so. I think I'm a cheap hooker. He said whore, actually. Both would be horrible things. This man, literally, I look forward to his scandal. Like, I I know that's fucked to say, but I look forward to his scandal. I am really, really savoring the day that we get something, get something big on that guy. So then... Um, but you know, it's kind of hard to deny that Kat might have been using him for a rose. I don't actually disagree with Will's assessment. The way they were talking about it was like, give me a goddamn break. This is a bunch of incels having a meeting. <laughs> I just was like, can we get the goose here to take notes? Like, is somebody transcribing this incel meeting? And if not, can we get the goose here? Chris Goose, whatever his last name is. I, he's great at taking notes. He wrote that letter perfectly to to uh, Becca Kufrin. Was that the guy? Was it Goose that was all weird in her season? I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. So that was interesting, I guess. That's kind of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> Paradise. Whoop-de-doo. I'm really waiting for some, like, real drama. Like, none of it seems compelling. And listen, I did not enjoy the, uh, what happened with, with, like, Natasha and Brandon and Piper um, or like what happened last year with Ivan and I, there's like, I don't enjoy when the show does weird shit like that and, oh God, that Brandon show is so nasty. God, that was so nasty. Which by the way, it looks like Piper and Brandon are broken up. I don't think they've made a big, um, post about it, but 
she indicated that they were broken up. I like deleting those photos and stuff like that. Oh, I'll follow up on it. But I just do wish for like a little bit more of like a real drama. I'm really over the... I was talking to you for a couple days and now you're going to go talk to another person. Like, that's paradise. That is paradise. Like, Christ. And it's so hard to be, like, invested in these, like, three or four different, like, people who are, like, kind of in love triangles because they're not even in actual real love triangles. And it would almost be interesting if some of these people were like, oh, no, I actually do still really like you. And I don't know what to do. And they're crying about it. And can I date both of you for a little bit? Like, that would be at least something, like, a little bit more, like, compelling. But this, like, oh, I'm actually going to go with this other guy who was absolutely, like, the top of my list. And I settled for you because they weren't on the beach yet. It's just, like, there's, like, three or four of those happening right now. That's too many and not that interesting. If I have to fucking hear... Maga Sean one more time say he feels bad for Will or Brayden over and over and over again or any of them he they're always getting sound bites from him being like and it's like he's trying to be so endearing he's like oh man I really feel bad I really feel bad for insert man's name he was really feeling insert woman's name and then she like Went on a date with another man. Like, oh, oh man, I feel so bad for them. And I'm just like, Christ, I don't care what you think. Because, listen, that's going to happen to you next week. You're not safe, Sean. And you, it, so get over it. Stop fucking doing that. It's not going to get you pity or any kind of sympathy from me. And also, that's the point of Bachelor Paradise. So, like, and I don't believe any of these men when they say they wouldn't do the same. I don't believe any of them. So, you don't need that many of them. Have one or two of those. That's it. And then have other real drama. We need people who, here's my thing. I don't think any of these people like each other. And that's the problem. Like, I, I, you know, previous paradises, there's like one or two couples where they're like, oh shit, they cannot keep their hands off of that person. They are into that person. We're seeing like a connection being built. And then there's some kind of like, well, they are, won't they drama. Great. I don't see that at all with any of these people, even the ones that are not engaging in like this weird played out drama. So riddle me that Batman my god it doesn't and it's so long if it was an hour long i would be like live laugh loving it this is so it's crazy i feel like i'm losing my mind okay well anyway i did it did an hour (laughs) by myself (laughs) i actually had a good time hopefully you guys had a good time i had a good time i had some good gifts some good gaffes some good thoughts opinions and we'll be back back next week i do have guests lined up for pretty much the rest of the season very excited and i'm excited for the drama to get better for paradise and i know the drama is going to be amazing for golden bachelor so 
yeah uh thank you all again so much for being here with me being patient with my mood swings and with like well everything that's happening i really love you guys you've been really sweet in the dms lately and really um really sweet really supportive and i really love you guys for that so until next time stay golden make sure you shit take a big shit drink a glass of water so you can take a shit okay thank you for listening to date card pod make sure you're following the podcast on all of the social media platforms on instagram and tiktok it is at date card pod on twitter it's at date card podcast and you can email me at datecardthepodcast at gmail.com this podcast is hosted and produced by myself jenna vesper and you can find me on at jenna with a smile on instagram and check out all my other fun projects i have thank you so much to michaela jane for our amazing artwork and find her at michaelajane.com and a huge thank you to jed overly for our theme music you can find him on instagram at jeddyboyjames if you're loving the podcast make sure you share it with a friend share it with your boss share it with your mom maybe an enemy i don't really care as long as you share it okay and maybe leave a review okay thank you bye hello and welcome to the ad for afternoonified the ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show i'm sarah and i'm emily we hope you like mummies weird religions cheese historical figures dicks religion and like a lot of other stuff did it work are you gonna listen emily they can't hear you they're like pressing the skip button right now for more podcasts like the one you just listened to go to sobelowmedia.com this this is as above so below